0: In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic Exposure begins in... Three, two, one.
1: Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast uh i don't know my my podcast eerie demon is the one and only it's
0: evil like the fruits <laughs> of the devil travis rats here <laughs>
1: uh ladies and gentlemen welcome that's to the a so i
0: married an axe murder reference you don't get too many of those
1: you don't No, uh woman
0: whoa woman. man man
1: um so uh welcome to the comic exposure podcast where we like to talk about comic books uh we do episodes that are comic book club episodes it's like a book club but with comics uh we feel that we are just like oprah you get a comic book you get a comic book you get a comic there should be some more. you get a comic book you get a comic everyone book. look
0: underneath your seats what is oh, it oh
1: there it is it's a comic
0: that book. would be the most disappointing oprah if you like got tickets to see <laughs> oprah or as you pronounce her name, Oprah. Um, Oprah. <laughs> it would be the worst. Normally they get like, what, like exercise bikes or like the newest like gadget. A car. She was car. like, all right, it's Oprah's Christmas special. Everyone look under your your your, your seats and they're like, oh, my God, what's going to be? Is it a new car? And they're like, a comic book. It's
1: it's a lenticular cover for the newest DC release.
0: <laughs> it's chrome foil. Mmm.
1: <laughs> On the comic book, po- <laughs> the comic exposure podcast. We do this comic book club, and you are a part of that comic book club right now, where we pick a book, we chat about it with a guest, either a guest who is versed in comic books, or my favorite type is when we bring a guest on who is not very versed in comic books. But you know what? I love all the shows, Travis.
0: Well, you just said shows. that you like one more than the other, so you kind of but I still, cards on that I own.
1: love them both. It's just like my kids. I love them both, but I like one more than the other. You know
0: what I'm saying? Ooh, off air, tell me which. <laughs>
1: so, uh, on the podcast today, we are reading Kill or Be Killed, Volume 1, uh, written by Ed Brubaker, with art by Sean Phillips, and colors by the most amazing Elizabeth uh, Breitweiser. Uh, and this is a, a team who does a lot of stuff together. Yep. And I believe this is the second book of this combination we've done. It's out on Image Comics. And, Travis, we've got a guest on the show today. How about you introduce our guest to the podcast audience?
0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this guest, I think, falls into the category of the minimally exposed to comic books. Maybe more wider exposed to the comic book milieu. (laughs) Good word. Ladies and gentlemen, grab your calculators. We have... Math teacher extraordinaire, soon to be social studies teacher extraordinaire, and my guardian angel here since I got to Japan. Give a round of applause,
2: April Kelly, in the house.
1: Yay, April! Oh Oprah. oh brah.
2: <laughs> Howdy. Um, my name is April. I'm trying to keep it texty in Japan.
1: Yep. All right. All right.
0: We should so, so it is Easter Sunday. Yeah, Easter April Sunday. We are in spending Japan. our Easter morning together doing a podcast. While most people with families are out, like, dying Easter eggs, going to church, not us. We're talking about kill or be killed.
1: You guys, it's my Saturday, so it's not as weird for me, but you guys made a choice to go live in a far-off land uh, (laughs) and make lots more money than I do. So, you know, you take the good, you take the bad.
0: You take them both, and there you have.
1: The facts of life.
0: Yes. Alright, so uh April, there's a question that we always ask every guest at the beginning of the podcast. Um, up to this point with Killer Be Killed, what has been your previous exposure to comic books?
2: Well, like every female, Archie was at you know the grocery store in the aisles, you pick it up, and then you keep progressing on and on and on, reading all the different series that they have with it, the Betty and Veronica, the Jughead books, all of that. I do remember mom buying me the Death of Superman comic series. Oh yeah, I had that as well. And for me, did you first, have the
0: armband? The one it it come was, with the that arm was going to pay for your college.
2: That was going <laughs> to no, pay for I your college. <laughs> Mind you, we were in Okinawa, Japan at that time, so oh. you know military base. Um, I'm a huge Avatar: The Last Airbender fan.
0: That's Ooh. right. I forgot about yep, that. Yep, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We were having a conversation months ago, and she brings up Avatar The Last Airbender. I'm like, that shitty M. Night Shyamalad movie? And she's like,
2: no. <laughs> that the amazing cartoon, cartoon show. <laughs> yes. All right. I've even read those books as well. In fact, the conclusion of the first series was released as a book before they actually aired on Nickelodeon. So I went to Barnes Noble and went and got the book so I can read to find out how did Avatar A defeat the Fire Lord. So yeah,
0: is Avatar Avatar: The Last Airbender are the books comic books or are they both? Oh okay.
2: They actually expanded the first series. Well, first there are companion stories that goes along with the first series, and then there's books that continue on. So yeah, like yeah. there's threads in the plot. You don't really know what happened. Right, right. What happened to Zuko's mom? Well, mm-hmm. they answer that in comic books.
0: They did that. They did that kind of with Buffy too. When Buffy went off the air, they started making comics of like yeah, tying like up the loose storylines. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. they called yeah. them this the, the extra seasons. All right, so yeah, Avatar: Last Airbender. We have um, uh, Archie, and we have in the middle there a short stint with Death of Superman. But like <laughs> you weren't. It's not like you. Um, you know, lived in a house where there were comic books no. on the floor in the no. and the toilet. I have or one
2: brother, uh, he was big into X Men and Dragon Ball Z, so we, we played those action figures and um, watched a TV series. So, yeah. so
0: you think. It- You know, if you were, like, as a child growing up, if someone was like, who's this? And they showed you a picture of Wolverine, would you be able to be like, that's Wolverine? Yeah. Okay, so you knew all of them.
2: Plenty of X-Men, plenty of TV comics, like Teenage Mutant and Turtles, you know, Captain Planet. So, that kind of stuff.
0: Wind.
1: Water. Fire. Earth.
2: Heart. When your powers combine. I, you
0: know, I haven't watched that recently, but I would say who's the most annoying? I think people would say maybe Heart's the most annoying. But oh, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree.
1: Who's your most annoying?
0: I don't like the... Was there an Asian girl?
1: Yes. <laughs> I think she was water.
0: I don't know what she was, but if there was an Asian girl, I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it.
2: Well, we can go further with that. you in
0: Japan. Wheeler is obviously the best of them,
1: and this and this is why Travis is single in Japan. Do yeah. is- <laughs>
0: so you think when they were coming with character designs, they were like, "All right, this guy's got a fire. What should he look like?" Let's give a him ginger. a ginger.
1: <laughs> I, you know what? Some of those things, like you go back the original Power Rangers. Come on, oh, the yeah. original yeah. like. That, there was a little a little too on the nose there, guys. A little too on the You know what? The Black Ranger? Let's well, make him black. Let's right. do that. He
0: and Peele did that great skit where they kept calling the Green Ranger <laughs> the Black Ranger because the guy playing him was black.
2: The Green Ranger!
0: <laughs> and they're like, well, I don't call you Red Ranger. And the Native American's like, oh, hold on, man. Slow down.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I I, I know that uh, uh April is one of the things that we talk about here a lot is Superhero movie trailers, like what's our favorite Marvel movie, you know, the merits yeah. of Batman versus Superman. Ugh. But one of the things that April uh, uh, really loves is like action movies. Like, yeah. um, I don't think I've ever seen her talk about a rom-com, but I have like seen her talk about like action movie after action movie. So when we were looking at books to read, you know, we never, Josh and I never know what the content of the book is. We, we've we never read it usually, we'll, usually when we pick it to read on the show. So when I saw killer be, be killed and I saw Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, who we've read before and we liked, and I was like, Oh, this like reeks of John wick by the synopsis to me. And I know <laughs> that it is, that is one of, uh, April's, um, favorite new action movies series. So, um, let's start off the conversation right there yeah. as far as the genre. So, uh, April going into this book, um what was your expectation based on the title and your first did you yeah did you
1: read the back first did you read the back first before you read it april that's the question did uh, you read any of the like this is what it might be about or did you just dive right
0: in
2: well, so I was sitting on my desk, and I came back from a planning period. I looked up, and I was like, what the hell is this? So you know. Not appropriate. Not appropriate to put this on a
0: teacher's desk. No,
2: no. Yeah, he just left it on my desk and came into my classroom. And at first, I was just like, this mask in his face is like, kill or be killed? I was like, is this like a fight club going on or something? So I really didn't know. What to expect, and I didn't even read the back cover. And I want to add this: rom coms, Notting Hill. So I don't really talk about that with the guys, but yes, there is a rom com side of me.
0: That's the one with the the British dude, the one British never, guy, yeah, that yes. never gets his words out. He's all mumbly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hugh, Hugh Grant,
0: is that Hugh yeah. Grant? Is
2: Hugh Grant and yeah. Julia I
0: believe it is. Hugh Grant owns a bookstore, and Julia Roberts is a Hollywood movie star yes. that is filming on location <laughs> in England, trying to get away from the press. But what she can't escape he, he, is Hugh Grant's subtle charm and humor. What Isn't that the one
1: where he, he tries to go over the fence and he says, whoopsie daisy? right? Yes.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's super British.
1: I love it. Love it. All right. So, April, you got into it. You read the first couple of pages. What did you think when you started this book, Killer Be Killed?
2: Uh, to me, I saw the John Wick, I saw the Daredevil. Oh, not God, Ooh, Daredevil. Yeah, good oh, reference. You think
0: Daredevil? I, think, I think that opening scene is very much Daredevil and uh, hallway fight scene that we've been seeing uh, when he's got the mask on and he's just kicking the shit out of that dude.
2: I was thinking yeah. Ghost Rider.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. I meant yeah. to
2: say that. And, um, of course, uh, oh, oh my gosh, Deadpool.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned this. I never even thought about that. Um, look at this. Unexposed, coming in with the Ghost Rider reference, the premise is actually, now I think about it, very much Ghost esque right? Josh, or tell me like,
1: about the— oh, Almost very, almost very, like, a Spawn-esque, too, right? Yeah, like-
0: yeah, you're right, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so essentially, the, the premise of this story is—main uh, character, I always forget everybody's name. Uh, Dylan. but our Huh? Dylan. Dylan. Dylan, our main character Dylan, uh, is it starts off sort of in medius rest. You're kind of in the middle of him kicking the crap out of people, but then you find out that he had attempted suicide and it lives, but only by a, uh, the, a, the devil, the devil, well, a demon, a demon of sorts. Uh, and this demon says, Hey, if you want to live, cause like he like dies, he's like, Oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> and then he comes back to life, right? He's like, oh, man, bad, big mistake. Bad form. So, bad form, yeah. Dylan. Bad form. And the demon says, hey, buddy, you can live, but you got to kill people for me. I like, would
0: I would think that would make an interesting demon if the demon was exactly like the way you talk. Like he just pops up. He's like, hey, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> it hurts. Doesn't it Committing suicide? Yeah. Hey, I got a little proposition for you. I mean – you do have to say yes right now. If he was just like Take this really over. affable demon. Like 24
1: hours, just, just let me know. Yeah, it's
0: fine. Text me, page me. It's cool. I got all the gadgets.
1: <laughs> but so essentially now he's on this quest, right? He's going to kill people, but he doesn't want to kill good people, right? He figures he was going to kill people. He's going to kill bad people. So he is out there hunting for criminals to kill. At the same time, there's a B-plot. The romance between him and his like lady friend for a long time, and it's this sort of love triangle, like her boyfriend, and this whole thing's going on during it, and at the same time he's just tracking and trying to kill uh tr- trying trying to kill some some bad dudes
0: okay, so what do we think about the um the premise um as far as the originality of it it's very faust like um what do you think Brubaker was thinking here? Because I've, I've He
1: does a lot of crime. He does a lot of crime a, he stories. He does a lot of like, crime
0: stories, but I have also feel like he usually comes from a place where it's like, oh, I that's an, a premise that I'm... Well, I guess not. He he usually comes from like that, like if you look back at that film noir kind of premise. So what do you yeah. think about the premise, uh, April, as far as like the, the devil coming up and, and offering... Uh, this this contract? Were you kind of like been there, done that before, or is this like a like a stories about devils and demons? Is that in, is that what floats your boat?
2: Well, I think the demon coming in at the last second because he, I think he kind of wished for something to happen when he was about to jump. He was like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have done it. I want to live." And this demon kind of read that, and mm-hmm. he was put the cart. Excuse me, the carpet to interfere with his fall, which is why he survived. Right. So that's kind of the reason why he came into play. This whole demon, it's he's he's interwoven in the thread of yeah. the story. There's a couple other places where I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> but um, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah.
0: Just the idea. It sounds like okay. I'm on board for the whole demon premise, which you have. You kind of have to buy I, early on. Go ahead, Josh. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your guys' mind right now. This is my thought process on this. I, I went over this with somebody on Twitter. Is there actually a demon?
0: Oh, that comes or, up. He questions or is it, it, right?
1: Or is it just in his head, right? Or is it just, right. is it like a son of Sam talking to his neighbor's dog, well, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's he brings that up at one point when he's like looking through like the library, like the day after he he well, spoilers yeah. everyone, uh, but the day after he does his first hit his first hit for this demon. He questions the fact he's like, I know this could be in my head. What if the demon didn't exist. And it does force you to think about all those serial killers stories like the son of St- Sam, where it's like my dog told me to do it. Or like, it's the lamp on my desk was telling me mm-hmm. that I have to strangle, you know, eight children yeah. tonight. Um, so should we approach that, that?
1: Oddly, that was oddly specific, Travis.
0: <laughs> I cannot do that. I cannot strangle children. I would never <laughs> strangle children ever.
2: You know, you started thinking about at least got me thinking about it because it could be mental illness associated with that demon and manifesting itself because his father had similar demons that he battled as well. When you thought about his comics and his drawing right, right. and his father yeah. was trying to commit suicide, oh, he did commit suicide. So, yeah like
1: he remembers all those all those art remember he talks about how he used to go look at them and stuff like that like him and his friends would go and look at that art all the time mm-hmm. and so is this just some sort of is it some sort of he had this freak thing or he tried to commit suicide and it didn't work and that like shocked something in him right i know that's kind of off the path where we started with this no, conversation no, no, you're, you're,
0: but, you're right and i and i think you're absolutely on point with it's never clear. I don't think Baker. even the way he draw, even the way Phillips draws the demon where it's never in full focus, it's always in darkness and it's always like, almost like the demon is, is pixelated or fuzzy.
2: Yeah, It's Make, always a shadowy thing. Yeah, yeah, making
0: you visually question, like it's not even in full focus to Dylan. Is it even, does it even exist? Is Is the whole fantasy premise of this book really in his head? Um and I think there are clues like you said about and uh April was talking about about his father and his own demons and yeah. the art I mean the even the last the last full page spread of the book is one of his father's pieces of art with the and demon it has that in demon the background in you know Yeah Which would you prefer it to be which would you prefer it to be uh it being in his head April or being an actual demon for continuing reading the story, which would you rather read
2: honestly in his head, can you think about him getting the flu and his being sick and then he finally was well when he committed to the kill and he even talks about placebos and the effect with that and it's just you when he mentioned this, I was like, damn, light bulb I was like I could see that yeah,
0: yeah, I like the idea of the placebo it's like what do we have to what um, we don't know – they always talk about you don't know what your mind is capable of. Is your mind capable of completely destroying your body, making you ill, and the only cure is for you to have this cathartic killing spree that somehow yeah. makes you better? What about you, Josh? Yeah. What would you rather it be?
1: I think I'd rather it not be I, – I think I'd rather it not be real, right? Uh, I'd rather it be in his head because I had I read the first issue – when it first came out but I hadn't read past that right it's one of those things where I'm like oh I'll grab it to check out a new number one from Image and I read it and then I saw the demon and I was like oh I don't know mm-hmm. right at first <laughs> I was like yeah but I like I really like Brewbreaker and I really like Phillips and I you know I like I like their work on other stuff and so when you said we should do this I'm like all right I love their work I love their art I love the you know Brewbreaker's a great storyteller he always does a lot of like bobbing and weaving you know, there's always twists and turns in his writing. And so I'm like, I'll give it a shot. And now having read per, past that first issue, I, I, I'm laying it out. I really enjoy I thought it was a really good story so far of what I have of it, you know. Um, and I like that the demon isn't always in the forefront, right? It's not like every issue the demon's like, hey, buddy, here's another one for you. Go kill this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: It's not like a, a, a kill of the week type of uh, demon. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're right. When I opened it up, I am I was super excited to read another Brubaker Phillips. That was, I think, one of our favorite ones was... Uh, uh, I'm blanking on it.
1: Uh, oh, uh, The Fade Out.
0: The Fade Out. I think we picked that as like our favorite podcast book, both of us, of like last year or the previous year. Yeah. And when I got to the first issue, can base, I guess I was kind of a little disappointed. I was like, oh, this seems a little like where's Brubaker's, there's gotta be more to this. Like Brubaker's too clever of a writer just to be like this, Oh, demon demon contract. And now I gotta go kill people. And it wasn't until like the second or third issue where I was like, okay, this story has layers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I really like, like I said, that, that beginning part, I was like, Oh, I don't know. But, but once you kind of see where the story's going and it's, you know, all the sort of side plot stuff that goes on in it, And then my own thought process of like, is he actually, is this demon actually real? That made the story more interesting for me. You know, that, that idea of like, maybe this thing doesn't even exist, uh, made the whole sort of the, the whole kind of like story itself be a little more interesting for me as a reader. Now, I don't know if, if you didn't see it that way, if you had the same experience of it as I did, you know what I mean? Like, but I, I think either way, he's a great storyteller. Uh, Phillips is a great artist, and yeah. so it's even if it even if it seems a bit cliche at times or a bit you know like over, over like done before, mm-hmm. um, it's still really damn pretty. Yeah. So <laughs> it's yeah. really good to look at. Well,
0: and I think that they they address the cliches uh, because <clears throat> some of the dialogue is cliche, like some of the the phrasing. But then yeah. Dylan talks about how he's been indoctrinated with all these like action movies, like that whole scene where he's like. Shooting the guy, and he says like yeah. three different catchphrases, and then he's like, "I don't know, maybe I didn't say anything. I just am watching too many old action movies, you know." So I think Brew Baker does kind of address some of the cliches in the dialogue. Yeah. um uh, So I, 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 I forgave that.
1: Yeah, you know, what did you guys think about uh Dylan as narrator? How did you think that that played out, April? What did you think of Dylan narrating his own story and sort of the the choppy setup of the way it was done. What did you think?
2: So it, uh, it's, it's almost like the story is playing up in his mind at different points. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I talking? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so he's going back and forth, kind of giving us some background information of what's going on in real time. So he's going, okay, this is what's happening, but this is what triggered this thought. This is when I went back to look at the comics and I thought about the memory um. Well, Mark? No, not Mark. Matt. But this, the boy who... Um, oh, uh, the
0: one who was molested? Yes. Uh, his childhood friend.
2: I'll, yeah, I'll his look his it Yeah, his childhood up. friend. So yeah. it was kind of just to Teddy. show us what he was thinking. Eddie. Teddy, uh, Teddy, Ed, Teddy. Teddy, 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 yes. Um, first when I read this, I thought Dylan was a pussy. And this whole, like, almost suicide awoken him to what was around him in life. And he still had these demons what he had when he jumped but it kind of helped him to focus his life and even make more moves with his girl, you know? Yeah. Before then, it was just like kissing, them, I and he wasn't for certain, but, I mean, they had sex, so <sighs> clearly it was going to go somewhere more. But, um, I don't
0: know. Yeah, he does. No, you're, you're right. I think that this is like two comic book trades in a row that Josh and I have read where I felt like there aren't really a lot of likable characters in this book. Um... I don't really like Dylan as a person. I mean, he's an interesting no. character to follow, but I'm like, dude, this dude is like April said. He's unsure of himself. With he's kind very of milk pussy. toasty. Yeah, and milk uh... toast. And he lets people step on him. Yes. And even when he he kind of steps out of himself and gets a little bit more cojones, it's still like, dude, I don't. I wouldn't grab a beer with you. I don't want to talk to this guy.
1: Like, even, what's her name's boyfriend? Like, uh, Brubaker, uh, or Phillips Draw is, like, a wonderful, like, he doesn't look that cool. He looks kind of douchey, <laughs> yep. right? Looks like
0: an like like, 80s, like, uh, yeah. working girl, yes. dude.
1: But not, but not, like, but not, like, too douchey, but, like, just enough where you're, like, oh, that guy, moved. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just something about him that he looks, he looks a little like smart. Tony
0: Danza and, like, Who's the Boss?,
1: like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man but yeah, yeah. you know what I, I think i think that he does it and i thought it was clever like every issue starts off with that sort of narration and the third issue he's like okay i swear i'm not going to start on a tangent this time I, I i was thinking about it and i did it the last two times oh crap i just oh, wait, did it the this last a tangent yeah is this a tangent like i thought that, that's some clever writing right in it in it takes you out of what might seem, you know, that, that we keep repeating that sort of Faustian bargain that's going on. And it kind of takes you out of that, right? right? There's this weird sort of part of it. Believe it or not. We talked about rom-coms earlier. There's a little bit of like romantic comedy in there a little bit, right? Like the guy who can't get with the girl. Cause the girl won't leave the other guy, right? but they like each other. And, you know what I mean?
0: And there's this kind of weird, there's the Coney Island in winter scene yes. where, yeah. where he's talking about, how he loves this girl because she always feels like she's mourning like the potential loss of what can be and it's like yeah. it's it's a they're cool lines like it's a really poetic way of looking at a yeah. relationship but it's also very emo it's also like i love her cuz she's got sad eyes
1: <laughs> yeah she's like uh it's almost like walking through some frozen childhood memory i just think it's amazing yeah <laughs> right? and
0: like part of you is like Bleh. And the other part's like, oh, that's actually really profound and beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, I think she's, uh, I think she's kind of cute too. You know? All right, so let's
0: get back to the narration because this is, I don't know if it's one of the things that I have an issue with. Uh, typically in writing, uh, people, a lot of writers talk about using over narration as a cheat, right? Instead of yeah. showing, you're telling. Uh, and there's a lot of narration in this. However, narration is also a, uh, a key component of like a very noir genre, you know, like the detective telling yeah. the story with, about the femme fatale. So um, at first I thought like the, the narration was too much. Like he was it was all exposition delivered in these chunky white paneled, um, you know, those pages that have the white <laughs> bars on the yeah. side. Yeah. And you, big you, you borders, they can yeah. just write paragraphs in. I was like, wow, this is a lot of exposition. But I, I'm going to tell you what. I loved it. I kind it was a of dug
1: different. It,
2: too. Yeah. it
1: was a different way to do it. April, what what did you think about? What did you think of this sort of, you know, someone who doesn't necessarily read a ton of comic books right now? What, what did you think of this way of handling the the comic genre?
2: Well, see, that's where I thought it really was more Deadpoolish because he was breaking the wall and talking to us to let us know the background and the story. Where I I, I dug it. It was cool to be able to see this and be able to follow what's going on in his head. There you go. Right in my face. I'm sorry. <laughs> All that was going on at the time frame, even when he was talking about to kill Teddy's brother, and he was going back in that story again. I, 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 loved, I loved it. That was good. Cool.
0: Yeah, and it, it helped you give – I think it's every it's, – it, it's fun, I, I think, as a writer to sit down and write stream-of-conscious narration – uh, it gives you a sense of who Dylan is, and I think it's ballsy to do that much narration and not have it be like cool narration, where I like, oh, this character is awesome because he says cool things all the time. Most of his narration, you're just like, it's like cringing. You're like, oh, oh, don't say that. Oh, that's, ah, <laughs> oh, you're pathetic. So I thought that narration at first, I was, I was wondering what Brew Baker was doing, because I'm like, why. Well, I think, you know, someone like this knows that narration can be a cheat, but then I'm like, "Oh, it's part of the genre and it also gives you um a different stylistic choice for this book."
1: Yeah, and he's also able to tell you like a very in-depth story in, you know, 5 issues, right? We got a whole lot of information in 5 issues that you normally wouldn't get if you took some of that cuz how do you tell that story without the narration? Right. Right. How do you mean we it's hard for us to know what Dylan is thinking if he doesn't give that to us. Mm. You know what I mean? And I kind of like the idea that it feels like we're listening to Dylan, like tape record himself about it. Right. Right. Mm Like like he's like he's like, all right, so let me tell you what happened on this night. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I I think that's an interesting way to do a comic because it doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Unless you go look unless you go read like old uh, like old Stan Lee comics when there was just all those old Marvel comics where it's just a boatload of narration Yep,
0: or Over like, like old Spider-Man flying through the city. And there's only yeah. like four actual word balloons. The rest is just boxes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or like old Conan books where it was just like telling you in detail where you were at, right? Like on the mythical planes of blah, blah, blah. There's a, you know, like this whole setup stuff. Um, and I, I think I really enjoyed sort of like the narration and what was coupled with it. Right? So like the imagery and those panels with the white borders, you kind of got some sort of like you know, some interesting stuff, some interesting visuals along with it. It felt very movie like because of all that narration.
0: Well, and and that's I think Brew Baker and Phillips drawing attention to like, hey, this is about the narration. We're putting the narration, his stream of conscious, like on point, on Front Street, which goes back yeah. to what April was saying earlier about this book. Um, we talked, and you talked about the idea of it being in his head. By doing yeah. this oversaturated stream of conscious narration, and letting you get into his state of mind, it really does point even stronger to the fact that yeah. maybe this is this all in his head. How great would it be to read a comic book about the son of Sam in his stream of conscious, right? That would be a really interesting kind of dark take. And it seems like based on what you and April were talking about that, this would support that that conclusion. Go ahead, April. Yeah. So April, go ahead.
2: I was thinking oh, about the panel when he was in the stream. And yeah. he was, there's a lot of narration on this page as well, but he's seeing everyone and their demons are walking around. You got to see that glimpse in his head of what was going on. And he's awake now. He can see, well, he's not part of our world anymore. He can see everyone's um, blinders are all gone. So that's where you see the narration kind of help with the story.
0: It's, to bring back rom-coms, it's like a dark what women want.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I'm sorry, can we just talk like 10 minutes about what women want by with Mel Gibson? I, I know he's passed his like good looks prime at that point, but I think he still he still got it. He still got it in that movie.
2: Well, we were in Anaheim and we had a conversation was, about guys we would want to hang out with and we said Mel Gibson and he still holds up when we're talking about that movie in particular. And I was like, this movie holds up, it's still pretty good. Yeah.
1: But, <laughs> you're, but you're, what if but is that pre like Nazi. I know what you're going <laughs> to say.
0: It doesn't matter to me. I, I go, I, I forgave him five minutes afterwards. I was like, I still want to hang out with Mel Gibson. He's still in like, we talked about if we could have dinner with five people, yeah, who would be And Mel Gibson would be in my five. He'd stir the pot. <laughs> as long as we don't uh, have I, like bread.
1: My wife and I talk <laughs> about, my wife and I talk about like the movie, like the movie where he's with the beaver puppet where He oh, talks to the beaver puppet. I've never seen it, but there's a part of me who's like, I really want to see Mel Gibson talk through a beaver puppet for like an hour and a half. But I don't know that I can watch another Mel Gibson movie, right? Like, there's, no.
2: there's like
0: this,
1: this push and pull of like, dude's an anti semite, but he's talking with a beaver puppet. That's All
2: right,
0: clever. side side <laughs> conversation. Mel Gibson, April. If Mel Gibson could play any comic book character, it could be one that's already established by another actor. Who you think that he would kill?
2: Cable, kill, kill. Oh no, I'm no, no! I mean, like, kill. like, like nail, 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 nail oh, at it. Like, okay, yeah, cable, okay. cable. I think
0: yeah, cable's I like actually that. a really good choice.
2: I think, that's,
1: I think it's a good choice.
0: Uh, <laughs> he's got or... those like old man cable arms now. Yeah, he's, where he's just doing biceps, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, he's like
0: given up on cardio. He just smokes cigarettes and does curls.
1: Yeah are you there yet buddy are you are you
0: there (laughs) i've just given up on the curls just smoking the cigarettes
1: (laughs) so let's let's dive into let's dive into uh you you, you guys want to let's talk about the sort of we just touched on a little bit this romance piece of it this sort of b plot going on uh what did you guys think of the relationship april what do you think of the relationship between uh dylan and uh his girlfriend not girlfriend
0: Kyra or, K-
2: Kira. or Ki- Ki- Kira? Kira, Kyra? yeah. Kyra I don't know if you wanna say it. Kyra, no, Kira. Um, she's completely <laughs> fucked up. Like, yeah. yeah, I hate her. Because <laughs> well, she spent her life watching her mom bounce from marriage to marriage to marriage. And she was changing who she was to fit that spouse and not accepting who she was as a woman. Like, okay, I bring this to relationship. She was just changing, like, this whole orgy scene because they were into that. And Kira mm. watching, mm. watching her parents in this giant orgy and were supposed to be asleep. It was, yeah, she's got some issues.
1: That's like what that's like one of the weirdest panels in oh, the whole yeah, like I love it. I love fl- it. You're flipping through it and you're like, Oh But mm. like part of you's like, Oh and the other part goes, Oh, there's like a little girl watching it, but oh, oh
0: like this. It's weird because you know when you read comics, especially if you're uh, and April has sticky notes galore. And she and she's all sticky noted up, she's which is prat- good. Because a lot of times when people haven't been exposed to comics as much, they just tend to read the story and not look at the art. But there is something. When you put tits on a page, all of a sudden, I'm like, where's Waldo? I'm looking at every detail on that page. I'm like, I'm looking at that orgy. Very women heavy. Very women heavy. There's like two dudes in it. And let me tell you something about Sean Phillips. He knows how to draw a good tit. He knows how (laughs) to draw a good tit. It's not like cartoonish. But they're well-shaped. I can feel their heft. I'm like, ooh, that's like a three-pound titty. That's like two and a half, right? <laughs>
1: Remember how earlier earlier when you were like, I have no filter? This is my moment to say like, hey, Travis, you've got no filter.
0: <laughs> you can't say two-pound
2: titty?
1: <laughs> I think you said three-pound. I think like it's a bass. <laughs> like
2: you just like, <laughs> <militating over> reel <here, laughs> that
1: bad man, boy, man. boy in. Here, here, like, about three
0: <laughs> yeah, and then the mom's in the middle and she's like they the, the colors they use on her is just a little bit more, she mm-hmm. says, incandescent. And it's just creepy, and the girl's got a look on her face like, eh, This is my mom's life.
1: So this is this is what it's like. This is what a, this is what adulthood is, you know?
0: <laughs> no, we- I and it manifests itself in one of the first uh, areas that we meet the girlfriend or the love interest is when he walks into the kitchen in his best friend in their house with his best friend. And she starts making out with him. And you're like, Oh, that's dark. Like he's on the couch watching TV and you're just making out with his best friend. And that's dark. That girl's twisted. I don't like her. Cause I feel yeah. like I know that girl. I feel <laughs> like I know that girl. I feel like I've dated that girl like 12 times in my life.
2: Well, she, he, he, um, at least Dylan's kind of the rock in her life with all this change, with all the relationships, with mom going back and forth. I don't know when they met. But it sounds like they met a long time ago, but after Teddy. Because right. Teddy was his friend. And in between Teddy and now, he met Kyra, um, Kyra. And she's the one constant thing. So that's maybe why she's attracted to Dylan. Because. The boyfriend is definitely not her type, and she's changing who she is. Tony she Danza, listed that yeah. with her therapist, where Dylan has been the constant person, the same and she can be who she is with Dylan. And that's kind of why she's kind of drawn to that, and she's kissing him on the side. and
0: Right. It's the dude who got friend-zoned early mm-hmm. on, but all of a sudden, the rules have changed. Yes. Now she's whipping out a bra at him, kissing him in the kitchen, <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I don't know what to do with this. I'm going to commit suicide. Listen, Dylan, right? I'm not, I, I need, Dylan, I need you to come up close to the mic. Dylan, it's not worth it, dude. Right? You're still relatively young. There's going to be plenty of other girls. I know your world seems small because you live with your best friend and he's dating your other friend. But listen, the world's much bigger than this. There's plenty of women out there. I know you're attracted to her because she has sad eyes. And you went to Coney Island and had a moment. But I go, that's just all superficial.
1: And there's this sort of like redhead thing right there's this there's this like sort of bizarro fantasy right and yeah. so like this is the garbage match the drape sort of thing <laughs> that he's that he's kind of curious about uh, but I, you know what it is probably although i don't like either like i don't like her as a character that's probably one of the most interesting parts of the story right? right like it is keeping the it's keeping the story going somewhere else aside from the You know, I've got to find the bad guy to kill. It keeps it from being the um, bad guy of the week.
0: Yeah, and it makes her more of a dynamic character. It makes her more real. It's not like she doesn't fall into, like, the heroine or, like, the, oh, I love you, love interest. Uh, So, April, you're a woman. At the end of this, (laughs) or towards the end, um, I'm going to try to not completely spoil it. Um, Kyra or Kira's character... Uh, Dylan believes that it's it's done. That because of something that happens in the book, she is no longer going to be involved with him romantically. Do you think this is the case? Or do you think, knowing this crazy bitch that she is, that she just loves it even more? When he comes in with the wounds and he's like, oh, this is over now.
2: Let me say this about Kyra, because I think she makes Dylan more interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Because
2: Dylan, with just the demons right here, with the life and committing suicide the first time and missing out on college and he's further behind than everyone else, her interaction with him gives us more um, depth for character. So I do say that and I like her in the story because of that. But what you asked me if it's a relationship kind of done, I almost thought that was like him reflecting back and in that moment it was done and it is done.
0: Because it's all like the word, he's telling the story in past tense. That's what
2: I thought when I read that. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know, man. There's that last scene where he's surprised that she stays, right?
2: She's just like, she's
0: crazy, man. That's the thing about crazy girls. You never know what they're going to do.
1: I know. And she's like, I wanted to be sure you were okay. And that's like where you're like, oh, I don't know, man. Like she may have acted angry and he may have thought, but I don't know. This
0: is the type of girl that would come over to your house and you get into an argument where you're like, okay, I think you should probably go. It's getting pretty heated. And they refuse to leave your house. And you're like, what do I do? Do I call the cops? Right? (laughs) What's going on? Like, please leave. And they're (laughs) like, I'm not going. I'm not going. You're like, oh my God, what do I do? Do I have to physically remove this person from my house? Then is she going to call the cops on me? I'm so confused. That's when you call your mom. You're like, mom, I made a mistake. You told me to watch out for girls like this. And now she's in my house and she won't go. <laughs> I'm sorry. How many
1: times? How many times did it happen, Travis? How many times does it happen? Yeah. <laughs>
0: does it happen? <laughs> I use my podcast time as therapy. Hey, it
1: works, buddy. It, it, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I, just, I didn't to, leave. I'll, I'll make sure you're okay. <laughs> so cold,
2: so lonely. Go back to the last <laughs> bit you were talking to me about with yeah. Kira. She she was over there because she, the boyfriend thought they were cheating. And that's when Dylan yeah. got his ass beat by the prostitute. Yeah. yeah. So, and she came in and was mending his wounds. And, you know, I kind of think she, that was a light bulb moment for her because her boyfriend saw that something was going on between Dylan and Kyra. And he's like, she, he's out every night this week, late. You're not here. I think it's over.
0: Yeah. Well, and I like how the boyfriend is so clueless. They literally, like, make it out behind him. She, He kisses her and is like, what's that? Smell after they've just been making out, and like, oh, it's gunpowder. And it's not until the most subtle clue, where he's just been going out at two, that he's like, wait a
2: minute, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like all What's these obvious on? things, and then like the most subtle piece of evidence, he's like, hmm. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't like her either. Let's talk about let's let's talk about art. Uh, I'm really interested in to as someone who is isn't as exposed to the comic book media. Um, there are different levels, I think, of difficulty for some comics as far as following the art in the story. Did you have any trouble um, in the sequential art, April, following it? Did you, like, read the wrong panel or have to go back or figure out?
2: No, it just flowed. It's okay. really simple to follow the story.
0: That's good. I, d- I didn't think this was a tough one. Sometimes they'll have panels all over the place, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not connected to this one uh what did you think about the um uh let's go josh uh yeah. since you're the resident art expert i'm gonna have you talk about <laughs> art first i hate to throw it into a uh, uh unexposed and be like eh, art's good or art was bad let's take a <laughs> shot at it april you want to take a shot oh, no. all right go ahead josh
1: uh, you know what i we've we've read uh we've read brubaker and phillips together in
0: I love I love Phillips sort of
1: it's very you know, very black heavy, very noir, very sort of like heavy on the on the darks, you know, and then when it's light, it's surprising. He does really good facial acting. There's some like he is able to make characters, he does really good I guess like you don't want to say portraiture, but he does really good acting with with the faces in here that you really get some real emotion on them. And it straddles this line between realistic and cartooning a lot, right? Where it's – it's I, I don't know, man. I just – I really dig Philip's stuff. And then uh, Breitweiser, Elizabeth oh, Brightweiser.
0: Amazing, her, amazing.
1: Her colors are fantastic, The, man. the,
0: the, the standout superstar in this book.
1: There is nothing – everything that they do together – I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's that's pretty, that's pretty to look at. <laughs> I mean, there's not really a whole lot I can say. You know, um, the the panels are pretty. Like like April said, they they flow really well. There's nothing that seems too, you know, there's nothing too crazy or experimental in them. Um, but damn, they're, it's just pretty. Even the gory stuff is pretty. You yeah, know what there I mean? Are, there
0: are moments in here, because uh, Dylan will refer to the looks of a lot of characters. Like, he gave me this look, or I know that look. And it's tough to get those subtle expressions. I think some uh, artists have a hard time getting subtlety in those facial expressions when it comes to like a particular way that a character furrows their brow. or Or... or slightly slumps their shoulders and Phillips is just such a good job of these nuances and really focusing in on okay what is the dialogue trying to draw attention to at this part and that's what I'm gonna focus in with my pencils I'm going to if it's a look then that look is going to come out if you're talking about how it straddles like cartoon and realism if you look at some of the people in the background they are very much, uh, in some panels, they're like Sunday uh, comic strip, like Dunesbury, like just <laughs> a couple of lines to indicate eyes, just a couple, you know, that cartoony style. But it's because the realism is brought in the foreground by a look that Dylan's giving or uh, uh, something like that. And go ahead, April. What do you think about the art? Well,
2: you're right, because I'm just looking at this page right here and I see Dylan. And you can see the anguish in his face, the torn... He's like, do I kill? I can't kill. You know, I, what is he talking about? This demon is supposed to kill someone every month. You can see that indecisiveness in his face. And then you look at the best friend. He looks like a chum. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like arrogant. Kind yeah, of, yeah. You can see that in his face. But um, the dad's art, going back to his art, <sighs> his art Damn good. You can see yeah. in there, the colors. Yeah.
0: I want those posters in my room. Like, it's <laughs> so, like, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it's like that... It's very much of the era, he said his Except dad that was that drawing weird, pulpy
1: stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Where it was that stuff that when you – April, you were talking about going to the, com, or the store and seeing the comic book racks. They'd always have like one or two like books like this that were really like cosmic or like Conan-esque. And they'd be like on the top and you're like, ooh, that one looks risque. <laughs> and I think they did a really good job. I think this comes out with the coloring of really establishing the winter. I love how everything happens in winter here, and it really kind of adds to the noir, dark, depressed kind of tone that runs throughout this whole book. They really, in- I felt cold in these panels. Yeah.
1: In reality, Dylan is just suffering from uh, seasonal affectation disorders. That's, <laughs> that, that's what it is. That demon is just, is just winter rearing its head.
0: You go to Seattle, it's like uh, 200,000 Dylans just walking around that city. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a December malaise that he's in.
0: <laughs> Everyone's, I got, it's my first winter in a long time, Josh. And I tell you what, around January, I started seeing some demons. <laughs> and now I got, and now I got the allergy demons as spring is hitting, attacking me. Oh,
1: um, you know what we were, we were talking about about a facial acting, and yeah, it's weird. Like you don't want to, you know, like I know it's not acting, but really his job is to make these people act right. Like that's that's uh, that's Philip's goal is it, to make these people stand out. Might. And even if like Kira is quite possibly like someone you're like, man, I don't, I don't. She's not a good character. She has some of the bait that throughout the whole thing. Her facial reactions to anything that goes on are just there's some where she like she just looks really sad or concerned. Like you can really see whenever you see her, the emotion on her face reads really strongly. Um, And even like he draws the kids when like when Dylan's a kid with Teddy and the way he draws Teddy you can hear Teddy talk because of the way his mouth is right. Like the way he draws Teddy's mouth is a little kind of like cockeyed. And so you can like you, for me, like I heard a certain speech pattern when you look at that panel, like I could, I could like hear what that kid sounded like in my head.
0: Yeah, as far as giving – it's not just like, oh, this person needs to be talking here, so their mouth needs to be open. It's figuring out like, okay, how would this person talk? How would their face look? I wonder how much like photorealism he uses uh, when he's drawing, like if he's using a mirror and making sounds different ways. I also like the way he draws people making out, like in the back of the cab. It's very yeah. much like how you see like drunk people make out. It's like just mouth like trying to swallow another mouth. It's just like – <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's, that's like cab make
1: <laughs> he knows what he's doing he's just he's just good it's i don't know i like i could read anything that he that he does he just does a really really good job at it you know it, it's his art matches brubaker's feel right they, they've created this it's like your favorite director right has this style
0: cinematographer and, who's amazing yeah he always works with
1: yeah, and you you've just added these two guys together, and and like they have a vision, and everything they do, although different, right? Like this is different than the fade out. It's different than Fatal. It's different than Criminal. But they still there's this sort of like you know you can tell a Tarantino movie,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Like they create their own sort of their own sort of look with it the, with their books.
0: Yeah, and you you see that match up really well. Whether it's who's the uh, guy who won the um, Academy Award for the new Mad Max. And he was with. Oh, um,
1: uh, if I uh, shoot for not Frank.
0: But, well, there was the um, the guy did, babe, the director did, babe, he was working this. I mean, there's like you said, it's just peanut butter and jelly. These things go together yeah. really well. So it's that time of the show where we do everyone's favorite segment. Favorite panels. Favorite, I a favorite, panel. grit, a favorite panels. Mm, I got nothing on the theme song
1: you gotta, you got to make the beat for it, dude. And you drop it in right now. <laughs> Edit all this out, and then the beat goes. Ooh, like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> favorite
0: panels. Yes, all right, so we, we are going. Should we, let our, should we let our guests go first? Or? I think we should let what our guests go
1: first. It is. April, why don't you share with us your favorite panel from the book and why it's your favorite panel.
2: So I'm not going to say the obvious one because I think we all have one that we really digged. I'm going to say the one where he's dreaming and the demons come into him and he starts to see everyone else's demons inside.
0: Oh, the and the yeah, the dream sequence when yes. he's in New York and mm. all the colors are a little bit different yes, and he just gets and shot out of the uh yes. so you have like a sequence there. Uh yeah, I really like that one panel in that sequence you're talking about where he's getting shot out the window and the bullet blast is like all tie-dye. That- and-
1: Guys, and now I'm glad that I picked a different panel because that, that, was, that was my panel because the colors are fantastic, man. It, the colors look great in there. You picked a wonderful a wonderful section, April. You picked a wonderful section. Thank you. <laughs> you I just time. love that. You go ahead. I just love right after that. Like right after that dream, he just goes, fuck. <laughs> right? Like he
0: just wakes up. <laughs> and he acknowledges like how cliche it is too. He's yeah. just like, uh, that didn't happen.
1: And I wanted you to know where my head was at when I woke up that morning. Right?
0: <laughs> like, he goes – because he's like looking at himself in the mirror and then the, the self in the mirror like points a gun at himself and he's like, yeah, I know. It's You don't have to pick a Carl Jung book up to understand the dream therapy and that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis, what's your favorite panel?
0: Um, you know, I'm going to go with um, – that one of my fr- favorite sequences is that opening sequence, which is real – as you were saying, like uh Deadpool, Daredevil, Noir, John Wick. Mix all of those cliches in you want. But uh there is one in the bottom right corner of it, uh where he's got the shotgun. And he's got the shotgun pulled back. Uh he's us- he's using it as like a cudgel, basically. Yeah. And the guys on the ground. Um and he's got the mask and the hoodies on. Um I just love the the orange tattered background colors, and I love the the kind of violence in there. And I, I, when I when I got to that panel, I was like, "All right, it's gonna be a badass book." And that was one of my favorite sequences, and I think that encapsulates that favorite sequence. You know, other other than his father's art, which I think every time I see that is my favorite pieces. I think this panel mm. is like kind of encapsulates the kind of badassness that appears throughout this book, but that this book isn't necessarily about. That's,
1: a, that's what I was going to say. When you read that at the beginning of the book, it doesn't carry through, right? No. Like it, it takes a, a big veer from that. And part of me goes like, oh, I wish there was more of that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, no, that would get old. You
0: yeah, know what that, I mean? It's, so, it's almost like the promise at the beginning of the book. It's like eh, yeah. er, the rest of the book leads up to the fact that like, if, if you stay with me, we'll get back to this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My favorite panel, Travis, you mentioned it already. Uh, My favorite panel is the one where the creepy cab driver is tilting the mirror so we can watch (laughs) Dylan and Kira make out in the back of the cab uh, or in the Uber. Um, I thought that like we talked about acting like the dude's eyes are just creepy enough as he's looking back there. You know, it's this idea that, um, you know, all that talk about being just friends and it goes right out the window as soon as they get in the Uber, right? Um, <clears throat> I thought that was a, it was a, it kind of shows you how messed up their relationship is in, in that panel. And then the cab driver's just, that Uber driver's just super creepy. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Really, it's almost like he could be the next person on the hit list. Right. The way he's being all pervy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we didn't. We didn't even. No
0: one. We didn't even talk about the whole Russian stripper thing, which. Yeah, I personally here, uh, it's funny because, like in Japan, there are quite a few places like this where girls are brought in and they're not allowed to leave, and they they have to post up shop, and you think like, wait, are you a victim or are you not a victim? What's going on? Should I feel guilty about this? Who do I have to kill to (laughs) to free you? And is it going to be a difference?
1: Yeah, and then she's like, you did. Why would you do this? Right. She gets all pissed at him in that moment. Like he thinks he's like, I'm going to save the world. I'm doing something great. Right. I'm going to save all of these poor, you know, these poor women who are subjugated to this. And then like she straight up attacks him.
0: (laughs) He's like talking about how like girls who, who grab poles for a living kicked the shit out of me yeah (laughs) he's like if 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 i didn't have my mask on her rings would have just f my face up
2: yeah
1: i love that it's like that's right this happened and let me tell you like like there's a there should be like a retro a record scratch in there (laughs) i bet you're wondering how i got here right like uh, i thought that was kind of a really interesting sort of way to uh to set to have that little piece of the story in there, but like I said, my favorite panel is with the creepy cab driver, and then the kitty corner of that is the douchiest look on that boyfriend's face, and so those two panels combined—that's uh, that's that's just that's just peanut butter and jelly right there. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me let's end the show with what we normally ask: uh, Would you recommend? So would you recommend April? Let's start with you. After reading this book, would you recommend or would you give this to someone? We encourage our listeners: if you got a book and you like it. Give it to a friend to read. So would you hand this off to somebody, April?
2: Yes, yeah, so I already have a couple people in mind who I'm going to hand this off to. And I'm actually thinking of getting volume two and three. Because the last page, it kind of alludes to more to the stories. Like, mm, he yeah. said, so listen, we need to talk. What are we going to talk about? And it's that dad's illustration and that demon is there. That got me hooked. It's like, okay, what's going to happen next? I want to know.
0: I think we'll get yeah. some, maybe some more clues as mm. to what we were talking about earlier. Is it in his head? And also they haven't established what are the rules we have not if it's if whether it's in its head or not, there is this demon figure that that is we really haven't quite established the rules of this yet. This whole contract that he may or may not have uh, agreed to. Josh, what about you?
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's really good. I know some people that I told to go that, you know, I told them to go read the fade out and I think I would pass this along to those same people. <clears throat> I you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just good storytelling. It really is. Brubaker yeah. is great. Sean Phillips has got some wonderful art. The colors are great on it. <clears throat> we will have to wait until August for the second volume to come out. So mm-hmm. killer be killed. Volume two comes out August 8th. Um, so you could probably find the single issues digitally, or if you went to your local comic shop and, and hunted them down. Uh, but the second, Paperback comes out in August, so uh, Travis, how about you? Would you share this with a with a loved one? Who would you? I'm would like you, do this? you. I
0: would say yeah, I would I would sit my mom down, and her birthday is <laughs> coming up, April 27th. So uh, this made my shopping a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> I would just go, I would just make sure I go through and dog gear all the titty pages first, so that way she can go right to them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'm like you. I say fade out first. First, I test the waters with fade out. I'm like I I love this. And if they gravitate towards that, I'm like, well you're in luck. Because here's some more uh Phillips and Brew Baker. And if you like the fade out, then you'll like this style as well.
1: Fantastic. Alright. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in the show. April, thank you for being our guest. Always, always wonderful. Always wonderful to have awesome people on, so thanks for coming on. Thank you. On. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember you can find all of our old podcasts on the website, www.comicexposure.com. You can follow us on Twitter, and I say you probably should follow us on Twitter, at Comic Exposure. We're on the Instagrams, at uh, Comic Exposure. Facebook, facebook.com slash Comic Exposure. We are a multi—we're everywhere on the, on the internets, right? We've got a LinkedIn account. No, we don't have a LinkedIn
0: account. you um, type in Comic Exposure, you will find us.
1: Yeah, Or oh, oh, should comic- I say,
0: we shall find you
1: yeah yeah so hunt us down uh if you listen to this podcast on itunes we ask that you give us a lovely uh five star rating on there or you know however many stars you're willing to give out the higher the better if you only want to give us two scar two stars we'll screw you buddy don't do it okay
0: (laughs) so don't ever challenge the internet josh come on if there's one thing we've learned in the last 20 years of this uh internet thing don't challenge the internet
1: right right uh so ladies and gentlemen thanks for tuning in uh we appreciate you listening to the podcast have a fantastic week uh and then the next what's travis what's the next book what
0: do we got coming out man oh we got a two volume coming up baby oh that's right you and me for an old-fashioned josh and travis sit down with vision
1: yeah that's right we're doing vision uh tom king's visions vision volume one and volume two the complete 12 issue arc uh I'm excited to talk about it. I want to see what Travis has to say about it. Uh so ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're tuning in. Uh we got I'm sure we're gonna have a, we'll have a in betweener a, a variant episode coming out. We got stuff to talk about. We got Star Wars trailer dropped. We've got uh Thor trailer. Thor trailer dropped. Yep. yep. That that Thor though. Ooh. Ooh. Uh <laughs> we
0: got I mean, there's all kinds of like it's that summer con news season. Joss Whedon on Batgirl. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch. Yeah. So,
1: ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next trade.